Welcome to episode 26 of Void Video. I'm your host, Evan Jordan, a.k.a. that Evan Jordan on Twitter. And I am Nick, a.k.a. Agent Relic on Twitter. And today we have a feigned creature triple feature for you. <laughs> There's my uh, my worse than a dad joke, Nick. <laughs> your worse than a dad joke. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, <clears throat> we're we going to start out with Jacob's wife and, uh, and then work our way into Werewolves Within and then get a little a little high with with blood red sky get a now, that little was a, that, high that yeah one that was, was a good line clever. yeah that was pretty clever. <laughs> <laughs> i'll give you that one <laughs> but uh these are all new releases uh jacob's wife is coming to shutter soon but it's out now on blu-ray and vod question mark yeah yeah okay and then uh werewolves within is out on vod right now uh presumably coming to blu-ray and a service at some point and yeah, blood red sure. sky right now is on uh netflix so yeah i'm curious with werewolves within if uh if if he'll go the shutter route again or if it'll be somebody else who picks it up because yeah, scare not... me you know was a shutter thing so i'm, I'm curious now yeah if, but uh... with ub ubisoft being involved as well right like, that's what i'm wondering yeah. if it'll go to like a bigger service like a more mainstream service you know yeah probably probably so this is Ubisoft's first because it's based on a game, and I yeah yeah it might be the which first, I haven't played. Yeah, I actually didn't even know that this game existed until this movie. So. <laughs> yeah, same. I I looked. I was like, because I heard people saying like it's a video game movie instead. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, it's not. And then I looked it up. And I'm like, oh yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm assuming with them being involved, there's going to be some sort of you know streaming connection somewhere. Yeah, probably so. More like a uh, a Netflix, a Prime, or an HBO Max kind of thing. Yep. And uh, I guess we can start with uh, Jacob's Wife. Yeah, yeah, we'll go into Jacob's Wife first. Jacob's Wife is the 2021 uh, vampire film directed by Travis Stevens, starring Barbara Crampton and the legendary Larry Fessenden. Man, Larry Fessenden, if you're listening to this, we're super fans, man. We love you. Come on yes, here and talk to us this, about Wendigo. Man, we, <laughs> me and Evan, we look up, like, you know, we'll sit and we'll look up movies and we'll always be like, man, this guy, like, he'll just randomly be in everything we look he's up. He's in like, everything. Producer, he's a <laughs> producer, he's a actor, he's a writer, just something. He's somehow involved in everything. <laughs> a true jack of all trades. Larry Fessenden can yes. do anything, and he does do it all. <laughs> yes. He, not only can he, he does. <laughs> yes. Um... Yeah, but the movie is uh, it's about a he's a <laughs> there's a bit in the about the movie. I'm hoping I get this right. He's a minister, correct? Not a pastor, because yeah, <laughs> remember yeah. the the kids call him a pastor, and he's like, I'm not a pastor, I'm a minister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he makes a funny joke that I think we leave to the movie, but it's funny uh, about uh, why the, what the difference is. <laughs> yes, um, yeah, but he's a minister, and him and his wife have been married for quite a while um, like decades it seems <laughs> yeah yeah and, they're that uh, typical like I, I i see this couple like i i my i've went to church with my parents before at for like a a homecoming event or whatever you know and like i'll i'll like this couple exists you know yeah this is like <laughs> a very typical americana like they don't have any kids though right at all so it's just the two of them yeah yeah i don't i don't think so yeah and uh the pastor's name is jacob and uh yeah. i guess uh 
his wife is Jacob's wife is uh Anne. So Jacob and Anne <laughs> is the couple. Yeah, and I think one thing that I put in my notes and that we'll, we'll you'll understand more once we get into the plot here, but it's that even the title I think fits the thematic of the movie uh, because Barbara Crampton's character Anne is like more people know her as Jacob's wife than they do as Anne Fetter. You know, like it's she very much lives behind the identity of her husband. And, yeah, that, she's and like, I think even to the title is smart. Like it's called Jacob's wife, you know? Yeah. And this will, it'll definitely play into what's going to happen. But at, I believe at a certain point, a couple points in the movie, she's just called Jacob's wife, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, so. she li- very much lives in the shadow of, of her husband. And he's very yeah. like, even when they're having a conversation and stuff, he's like dominant over it. He won't, he'll cut her off or won't let her talk or, you know? Yeah, she's, like, settled into this role as, like, the normal wife, you know? Role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, she is... You've watched this twice, so maybe you can remember better. She is, like, starting... She, like, bought a... She's, like, thinking about investing in a chunk of land, right? Or something. I forget yeah, for she's trying to. Yeah, she, she's trying to, to, to take this mill, that this old mill, and, like, repurpose it into some sort of... Uh, like some sort of school thing or some sort of uh, like it'll be a service, uh, a building that's some sort of service. It never really goes into what she's doing or or anything too deep because it doesn't get to be that relevant, you know, because you you're kind of cut off by the vampire shit before <laughs> before she gets to really do anything with it. But uh, yeah. she is working on like some real estate development. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so she is like um, she goes to the mill to like check it out with uh someone who's gonna like help her with it and it turns out to be an old classmate of hers and they kind of uh you know reminisce about old times and you could tell that he kind of has a thing for her and uh while they're investigating the mill she gets bit by a uh vampire yeah and he gets absolutely fucking murdered by a swarm <laughs> of rats like <laughs> he opens this coffin man and literally hundreds of rats swarm this guy's body and like just wreck him man it's it's definitely going in the void video like best kill nomination because holy shit <laughs> yeah you don't really see the vampire at this point at all right like you see a little yeah, you bit, get like but... a glimpse you get it's kind of like the camera's behind the master and so you get like a, a kind of a glimpse you know and uh as he's like grabbing her and then it cuts you know so it's like teasing you a little bit you know you get that but it, it very much from that behind shot you get the nosferatu vibe of like the like weird almost cone shaped looking head with like a big tall like uh, collar sticking up you know like you get the big Nosferatu vibe from when you get the shot behind the master yeah and uh I guess we forgot to mention the movie opens with somebody going missing in the time. yeah I was gonna swear you introduced to the cop too uh one of the cops and uh I guess the the he's probably the sheriff and then CM Punk is like his deputy yes uh, but the sheriff played by J. Devon Johnson is uh kind of questioning Jacob and Anne because they're the last people to to see this girl before she went missing. Amelia is her name. Um and she was telling him that her mom had been struggling with alcoholism again and he was like, "Oh, I'll I'll come by." Jacob's like, "I'll come by and 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 talk to her, you know, and try to get her to start coming back to church and stuff." And 
So then right after that, the camera follows her out of the church as she's leaving after talking to him. And that's when she gets snatched up. You see like a shadow whiz by and then she's gone. Yeah, so she gets, uh, Anne gets bit by the vampire at the mill. And then she like goes home and over the next few days, she slowly starts to change. And that's really yeah, when the shot when she goes home. I, I love that like moment where she goes to the bathroom and like is she's hidden the blood on her shirt with her purse in the darkness from jacob and she goes yeah. to the bathroom and it's like such a like just intense rough moment of her like wanting to scream but she knows she can't because jacob will hear her. so she's like screaming internally as she's looking at herself in the mirror and like freaking out over what's happened yeah and it's just it's powerful barbara crampton hats off to barbara crampton did a great job yeah, and there's a really good, like, scene when she goes to the grocery store. Yes. Which you've seen in the the trailers. Now, can I help you find something? How much of that could I get? You want the blood? Over the next few days, she kind of just, like, awakens this new side of herself. And she breaks out of that, like, slump, that role, you know, that we were talking about. And it's sort of like the vampire is a metaphor for her, you know, breaking free from being Jacob's wife. You know, yeah, and being from being Anne. under Jacob's, like, shadow all the time. Yeah, and being her own person. Yeah. And it's represented in cool ways, I think, which I... I don't want to ruin all of that, but there's one scene where she's like rearranging furniture and stuff that's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know how much more we want to go with the plot because that's really the crux of the film. But we could talk about some of the other elements of the movie and the vampire design definitely up there. And her slow yes. transformation is incredible. And how they try to like... She, cause she like needs to feed, but she can't really. <laughs> so like how they get around right. that and Jacob's involvement in it, I thought was really well done too. Yeah, for sure. And I, like you said, the grocery store scene of what well, we can say that cause that's early on in the movie. It's pretty funny. She goes in the, yeah. the grocery store and she's looking at the meat and stuff and she sticks her finger in one of the like meat packages and is like licking the blood off of her finger. And she, the guy's watching her, the butcher's watching her like, what the fuck? And like... <laughs> He's, she says, he's just going to help you, ma'am. And she's like, can I just get some of that? Like, how much of that do you have? And he's like, you want the blood? And then it cuts to her, like, pushing the cart. And it's got, like, a bunch of bags of blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really a great scene. And that's sort of, like, the moment where she, like, breaks free and, like, embraces this new version of herself, I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and it's cool. Because, like, Jacob, obviously, eventually, he finds out what's going on here. Of course it was you! And him struggling to try to help her while also not letting her become what she's going to become. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like <laughs> he's like I'm I'm Mr. Mr. Man of God, I can fix this, you know? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Man of God, I can fix this. That's a good way to describe <laughs> it, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, he like he does a great job too of of we've praised Barbara Crampton a lot, but Larry Festin also does a great job of 
of just embodying this character really like you believe that he's jacob you know like he uh he down to a t nails the like kind of husband who doesn't give a shit about his like marriage but gives a shit about public appearance and you know doing stuff with the church far more yeah but his whole job is public appearance too because if the public doesn't respect him like what is he you know yeah 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 and he kind of lets that dominate his life he doesn't you know yeah yeah he's not a good husband and he he plays that good and i feel like larry fessenden's a, a nice guy so i feel like he's he just does a good job of playing that you know yeah and like him kind of breaking free from that too like that trope that he's been in you know, yeah for the last it is almost years. it's it is kind of reversed so like, a little bit yeah but i mean there's some good uh kills for sure i mean if you're looking for that there's some yeah, there's good some good gore, like the the, yeah. the kills are like over the top kind of the blood's like sprays yeah. and like it's very like you know over the top it's kind of a it plays that line of of being serious and comedic but it i think it's still like the tension still lands even though it's funny at times yeah and uh, also um uh the master vampire when they get so they at one point they go back to like figure out what happened at the mill yeah and they meet like the ma- that the master vampire and like another vampire and like the vampire performances all around are fantastic and they really especially the first one uh is like really creepy and sinister and i like the voice effect on it and it's like yeah that's like the first reveal of you know vampire for sure that like right yeah other than other than uh than Anne herself you know that's the only other one that's the first other one you like get to actually see and it looks so badass yeah well see but even with Anne, it's like it's not even really confirmed that i mean you know that she's a vampire of course because like you're fucking watching the damn movie right because but like she doesn't look like a vampire though she just looks like barbara crampton you know and like like, if you didn't know that this was a (laughs) and if you didn't know that this was a vampire movie you could be thinking it's something else you know like yeah like just yeah it's like etched in vampire lore yeah and i like that the way it kind of treats the vampire lore in this it's like it it's really the old school like you know with the the whole doing the master and the like how they can mind the mind control element and all that different stuff that they dive into is is really cool i think they do a lot of fun stuff with like vampire lore yeah and yeah the, like like nick said the kills are bloody over the top and like this is a great watch and uh it's it's definitely going to be coming to shutter they haven't announced when yet but you like we said you can get it on bod and and blu-ray now and it's there's a cool uh little bonus featurette it's like 10 or 15 minutes uh it's like six minutes i think is it six minutes yeah. is that short i knew it was short yes. i didn't know it was that short uh but yeah <laughs> and it, yeah, i think the blu-rays was pretty cheap too it was only like 12 13 dollars yeah, 12 dollars so. i think but uh there's also like a cool flip because in usually in vampire stuff, it's like the love angle, but it's from the the guy seducing the girl who's not a vampire. But like they're already in a relationship, and it's sort of like Anne trying to get Jacob to love her for who she is now. <laughs> yeah, and to kind of like reignite the because it seems like at one point they were probably a passionate couple, but that's gone now, you know. And she wants that to come back, that fire to be there again, you know, and. It's a they they really smartly tied together the the vampire story as a metaphor for their marriage 
because the movie's really about their marriage as much as it is vampires, you know? And, like, the vampires is just how the story is told. And uh, even all the way up until the end, it's uh, it's a good commentary on, on marriage, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess we can uh, move on to... Um, yeah, werewolves. slide into Werewolves Within. Get our claws out for a minute, you know? Yes, and Werewolves Within is the 2021 comedy horror film directed by josh rubin who also did scare me which we covered uh like three a few episodes ago i'll just say a few yeah yeah it was on our our pizza delivery episode three slices of death is the name of that one yes uh so definitely check that out we covered uh scare me but this is his new film and it is a video game adaptation as we mentioned before and so the game is it's a vr game where eight i think it's eight people are like in a room together and one of them is a vampire or a, a vampire no i'm stuck on a vampire <laughs> thing <laughs> and one of them is a werewolf and it's up to the everyone to figure out who is the werewolf before the werewolf kills them all so it's like a riff on a bunch a bunch of popular games really but uh, yeah yeah the movie is an adaptation of that game and it kind of follows that formula a bit a lot, a lot. It's it, it's that formula. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it reminded me a little bit the way that obviously not at all as far as like actual plot elements, but like as far as the like structure of it. I don't know if you have you ever seen Cry Wolf. Nope. Yeah, it's this two thousand and seven. Could be wrong about the year. Uh, two thousand six, two thousand seven, something like that. Uh. It's like a slasher movie, and uh, it was directed by Jeff Wadlow, the guy who did Never Back Down. Uh, it was before, it was 2005, and it's like these kids at a at a boarding school, like a, an expensive, like ritzy boarding school. There's a killer, and they think it's one of the students, and they're like trying to figure out who it is and stuff. It's got like John Bon Jovi in it, and like, and uh, it reminded me of that, the like who done it kind of element yeah. of it. Yeah, it's definitely in that vein of like, uh, and especially with the comedy, it's like the Clue movie. But uh, yeah, you told me about about Clue, and I I haven't seen that, but I think it's it's like a classic, isn't it? Is this something oh, yeah, I should see? Yes, it's a classic, and also if you buy the Blu-ray, it randomly shuffles the four endings, so like you don't know what you're gonna get when you start it. So you could get something completely different than your neighbor watching it, you know that's so cool man so like you and i could watch it and not get the same ending to the movie yes yes and the endings are it's not like a 30 second ending either that's different it's like a whole 20 minutes you know that is completely different man uh, that is so cool yeah and on the blu-ray actually uh you could just i think skip around to them afterwards and just view them all separately but when you actually play on it it just randomly does it wow that's such a cool way of doing that kind of uh movie you know yeah where it's like then you imagine people who didn't know that and then they watched it and they went and talked to their neighbor and they're yeah. like wait that's not what happened wait what it was <laughs> it was not professor plum <laughs> yeah it was not professor plum with the iron in the library what the what you're drunk bro <laughs> <laughs> imagine people even like yeah i guess like even in theaters you know because <laughs> back then yeah like, that's that's a 90s they... movie so there wasn't even really like widespread i was about to ask did they like did the theater show different endings i'm assuming so i'm not sure 
That is, but it had to be a phenomenon. I, that's a whole nother episode, though, and a whole other discussion. But yeah, that had to be a uh, phenomenon. It'd be interesting to dive into one day. <laughs> yep. But uh, Werewolves Within stars Sam Richardson as Finn Wheeler, and he is a well, he's a a forest ranger, but he's going to become like the deputy of this town for a brief period of time. I think right. Well, he's what what it is is that he uh, he's always been like a forest ranger, but this time he's like the district forest ranger. So like he's over this entire forest area by himself. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say because like he, he like takes a more prominent role at the beginning of the movie, and he uh, this town is like undergoing some changes. I guess there's like this rich there's this rich guy who wants to build a pipeline through it, but like half the town doesn't want it, half the town wants it, so. Yeah, there's like imagine imagine uh <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis's character from There Will Be Blood, but like a right wing redneck version of him. <laughs> and that's the rich guy who's like the oil developer in this movie who wants to like build this pipeline through this this snowy town. Yeah, but uh yeah, so Finn is like uh being introduced to the town by she's the mail carrier. Yeah, she's she's a postal worker, the only the one and only postal worker in this area. Yeah, so she like gives them a tour of all the town and the residents, and these are the people who are going to be a part of the uh, eventual lock-in. Which yeah, I thought that the mail carrier route was an interesting and, and clever way to introduce the people to town too, because you don't yeah. think about that. But the, the like, especially in a small town like that, the mail person's gonna know everyone and know their yeah. quirks and their you know. And also, the movie opens with a Mr. Rogers quote, which <laughs> was kind of weird, like, know your name. It was something about knowing your neighbor or something like that. Yeah, like it, that it makes sense by the end of it, but it's uh, as soon as it started, me and Jessica both looked at each other like, what the hell? Why is there yeah, a Mr. Oh, Rogers quote? <laughs> that's me too, and I was like, wait, that Mr. Rogers? <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, is there another Mr. Rogers I don't know about? <laughs> No, it was the Mr. Rogers. Yeah. And uh, then it made sense, you know, like later in the movie. But yeah, so she introduces uh, him to all the residents of the town. It's kind of like your backstory, I guess, for the first 20 minutes of you learning all the characters. And then eventually they all get holed up in a ski lodge. Like there's a blizzard that knocks out the power of the whole town. The generators messed up. They find a dead body under the deck. <laughs> yeah, it's like the it's like the there's a a lady who's lived there forever. This old lady and she has like she's super rich and has this mansion or whatever that uh her husband like went missing and there's this whole like the the male lady tells the the forest ranger the rumor about how her husband left to go to Belize with this other woman or whatever and. That's why this woman's all alone and stuff in this mansion, and that's where they find the body and stuff. And so, like Nick said, as the as the shut in begins, so does the the chaos, you know, and the finger pointing. Yeah, and like the movie has pretty much every single stereotype you can think of, like major stereotype, crammed into one. Like there's the redneck, there's the rich guy, there's the uh, there's a gay the couple. Yes, and then there's uh, uh, a postal worker who knows everybody. The the newcomer, the yeah. There's this like weird, like grizzly, like grizzly Adams looking dude who lives up in this shack oh, by himself. Emer who's like Emerson? That guy was probably yeah. my favorite. Yeah, yeah. 
And he like is like a kind of a, a shut in. Like he doesn't talk to the rest of the town. They're all kind of scared of him and stuff. <laughs> it, it kind of after you watch the movie, it kind of makes sense because these people are fucking crazy and like super yeah. over the top. Super yeah, I'd be that time. guy, man. I'd like live out there by myself, and like these people are insane. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I guess. Well, I guess we gotta get to the werewolf part. So they start kind of getting picked off one by one. I guess you'd say. Well, I yeah, don't know. first so- it's the dog, right? And it's foreshadowed because this crazy bitch's dog goes missing, and she's like, ch- all she does is talk about Chachi, the dog. Have you seen my chachi? And like she, this lady is is nuts. Like, <laughs> needs to be on medication or either is on too much medication. <laughs> uh, and so th- then that's when uh, the force ranger finds the body because he goes outside to to look for the dog, right, and check the why the power went out. And when he when he's out there, he finds the body at the edge of the house, yeah. and he says, "I think your dog's dead too." <laughs> my favorite thing was. Uh... When she, when the dog first goes missing, uh, she's like sitting there crying over the dog and like saying the name of the dog over and over again. And the and uh, one of the guys is like, you know, <laughs> he's yeah. trying to figure out if it's a person or a dog. And like eventually he gets her to say that it's a dog. He's like, oh, who cares? It's a dog. And just walks away. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> is this a kid? Because if it is, oh my god. But if this is a dog, then who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> he finds out it's a dog and he just fucking walks away. I was cracking up at that. But I guess that's gonna be the running theme of throughout this movie. And this is, uh, I was not as big a fan of this one as you were. So, uh, but every yeah, I, single... it definitely, I think we both had a, a different idea of what this was getting into it, you know? Uh, it was, it leaned way more into the comedy than I expected before I would. Yes. But also, I'm not a trailer guy. I didn't watch a trailer for this. I did so not either. So. That's also my fault. You know, like, the trailer would have probably helped set the idea for the tone, but I just, trailers spoil shit, so I don't watch trailers usually, you yeah. know? When I just saw a werewolf movie, and I'm like, I like werewolf movies yeah so. it was josh rubin a werewolf movie i knew i was gonna watch it anyway so i've seen a lot of comparisons to wolf of snow hollow but i do not think it's all that similar no nah, other than the fact that it, there's just people shouting at each other a lot is the only big similarity you know yeah. <laughs> and the werewolf but really wolf of snow hollow is more of a proper werewolf movie i think and this is a more of a, a werewolf comedy a whodunit comedy with a werewolf flavor you know yeah yeah, but my biggest issue with the movie is every single time something serious happens, whether it be there's a point where someone gets their hands blown or their their hand shot like with a shotgun, and they're like, "Oh, what happened?" Like, uh, and then he like makes up an excuse on how it got shot off, and they're like, "Wait, no!" Like, it's like everything just turns into a joke. Every like the most serious things, people's hands getting shot off, people getting shot with stuff, and you know, people getting dragged away, and like everything's a joke. Every single yeah. thing. Yeah, it feels very joke. much like a like a uh, almost has like a, a sketch feel to it, you know, like it's a, a sketch comedy feel yeah. to it. Yeah, and like there were definitely parts where I laughed, but like over half of them, I'm just sitting there like, oh, cringe. <laughs> <laughs> there definitely are a few cringe moments. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, <laughs> I think the the comedy in this is way more slapstick, and I think Scare Me's comedy was smart. It was like witty. You know, and this is more slapstick yeah. humor. Everyone, everyone, hey, can I have your attention, please? Between the power outages and the storm, the whole Emerson thing, 
Uh, I think we can all agree that it's unsafe outside and there's safety in numbers. So maybe we, we should stay here tonight. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's yeah, what I'm yeah, with you. Yeah, I don't want to go out and get eight. Same. Uh, out of curiosity, who is packing? I am, yes, sir, America. Well, we're packing, dog. Wow. I have Dave's hunting rifle, if that would be helpful. Oh, gosh. I almost forgot. Um, I got. It's teensy, it's just a little, okay. it's a little, it's a spruce gun. Excuse you. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, I think we should keep a, a gun in every room, you know, just to be safe. Yo, hold up! This dude Emerson wants to come down off his mountain maniac ass and eat our asses and fuck our skulls. Guess what? It's not gonna happen tonight because pam pam, I'm up in this shit. Yeah. Which will to? will appeal to different people more, you know, like your mileage is gonna vary. I think there's a lot of people who will absolutely love this, you know? Yeah. And I, I think, think well, there like, are. I've seen yeah. reviews. People do love it. Yeah, and uh, like the Twitch roleplay crowd, I think are really gonna like this because it really plays. Because like the Twitch roleplay crowd, they play into those stereotypes to get the content like that they want. Yeah, and yeah. I think that they do that in this. So like, in terms of a video game ad adaptation, it might be good. Like I don't know, I've never yeah, seen anyone play this. I've game, seen so. the. I've read a couple reviews from people who did say they played the game and that they appreciated like how it. Because this is, I think, a hard game to directly adapt, right? Since it's multiplayer and it's it's based on people. But the they took the premise, and it seems like they even had some nods to like the the characters, like archetypes in the game and stuff. And it seems like they did a good job at like you know making an homage to the game as well. Yeah, it's also kind of funny because if you think about it, so like because it's an online game, it's people from all over the world playing it, and these people in this town none of them should like each other. They're all so, like, because each one's a specific stereotype that, hate, like, and they just hate each other. Like, yeah. <laughs> these people, like, n n no no pair in this movie likes each other really at all. <laughs> yeah, and that's like the, the, the Mr. Rogers thing is very much the main character. His vibe is like a, why the hell do you all hate each other so much? Like, let's be nice to each other. We're neighbors kind of thing, yeah. you know? And then they, like, <laughs> yeah, and when shit hits the fan, they're all stop blaming each other and, you know. It gets and... so messy so fast. It's it. If you like, like, like comedies that are like that messy, like social drama kind of comedy, I think you'll really like that because it nails that aspect, like, of people having dirt on each other and like, you know like bickering and stuff with about about over dramatic like things that happened between each other in a social setting or whatever and it, it nails that part yeah definitely um I'm and not there's really some good like I, I think there's some some decent kills for what it is but it just always seems to cut away pretty quick you know at least until i will say the final sequence is cool as fuck like the the last probably 20 30 minutes of the movie when the action really ramps up there's some good action in there i think but yeah. the first half the kills are pretty muted you know it focuses on the mystery way more yeah i wouldn't say the third act redeems it for me but it definitely was it it, it went more towards what i expected in the final you know little bit yeah i think if you go into this with the mindset of it's you're gonna watch a comedy with some werewolf flavor yeah, you, I will have fun with it. Do not. I would not. I would say don't even expect the werewolf part because it's not even really a prominent part of the movie at all, which is another complaint. But I mean, at this, point, I mean, I'm yeah, it's not. On, so. <laughs> it's not like a. It's not like a, a, a as big of a part as I thought it would be. But it's a thematic and it's talked about a lot, even though you don't see the werewolf a whole lot. Uh, yeah. 
so that part like they they bring it up and they're accusing each other of stuff and i think if you're if you're looking for that you'll enjoy it and i think most fans of scare me will probably like it you know at least somewhat uh but it's the it's the whole what you want to get out of it thing too you know if you're if you're wanting if like a a proper werewolf horror movie you know this ain't it i don't think but if you're looking for a slapstick horror comedy it's definitely that you know yeah well i guess it's time to uh it's time Switch. to hit the sky huh yes so uh blood red sky as i said is the 2021 film uh it's on netflix and it is directed by peter thorworth 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 yeah i think you uh i think you got it and uh oh i will disclaimer this uh right away because i i messed up when i watched it the movie has two audio tracks there is the german original oh yeah um with subtitles but the movie isn't fully in german it's i'll explain that in a minute but uh there's also an English dub. I do not recommend the English dub because I like I did not think it was well done. It almost sounded like they were like in a different room, like it kind of tacked on, maybe for American audiences of Netflix or something. But yeah, I definitely and, and it was probably done at like in post, so it probably doesn't sound right to the space, you know? Yeah, particularly the kids sounded off. But uh yeah, I definitely and it recommend. does default to that, by the way. So yes. switch it when you click on the movie because I Nick had already told me this ahead of time. So as soon as I hit play, I switched over to the the subtitled audio one. And it's like he said, a lot of it is in English. They do speak English a good bit in the movie, probably f- even fifty fifty. Uh, yeah, but uh, so the movie is it's a mother and her son. They're flying from Germany to New York uh, to get some sort of a medical treatment. The mom has some sort of illness and she needs some sort of medical uh, treatment that she can only get in New York. So they're flying to New York to uh, get that. And that's why part of the movie is in German. So they they board the plane and the plane gets hijacked by this group of uh, terrorists, I guess. I mean, that's the best way to describe them, right? Yeah, no, that's what they are. They're terrorists. (laughs) Yeah, they hijacked the plane. Yeah, um... But uh, so that's why the movie's partially in German because the passengers are coming from Germany, so a lot of them speak German. Uh, the mother and the son do. The terror, but like some of them also speak English, so it's like it is pretty close to fifty-fifty. I'd say. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the the plane gets hijacked, and I guess we've already spoiled this element. <laughs> so with hitting it with these other two so i mean i guess if you're listening to this you <laughs> yeah no but it's a <laughs> some, something ain't right and there is vampires aboard the flight and yeah netflix guess... kind of uh it spoils that too because it's the like when you click on the movie the picture has a vampire in it so it's we kind of had this discussion that it, it could have went the from dusk till dawn route where you kind of don't know it's a vampire movie until it is you know but it didn't yeah, and the movie chalks in at two hours, and it's a pretty uh, slow crawl to the like the the reveal of it. And I feel like it would have been better served not knowing that it's a vampire movie, because yeah. that like first act would have hit better, I think, because it's like forty minutes, I'd say, without a vampire. Yeah, and that's probably a discussion they I'm sure had when marketing it, but maybe they figured they'd miss out on an audience if people didn't know it was horror or vampire, yeah. you know. Yeah, possibly. Or um, maybe like if they market it 
marketed it as a plain terrorist movie and then people would be like too scared once the vampires came and it got super gory you know <laughs> yeah yeah and and it would attract yeah they wanted to make sure that the right people watched it i think is probably why they they did that but it, it definitely would have been fun i think to not know for me anyway because i I would have been like fuck yeah this is awesome but some people wouldn't have been you're right <laughs> I guess we can even say uh it's the mom who is the vampire because it's revealed pretty early as you said yeah you know, like within the first... five, five minutes in you know yeah you if you know it's a vampire film you know it's going to be her from the first few minutes so but uh yeah yeah and she is the only vampire aboard the flight so it's not like a, a lot of vampires but the movie is about her trying to protect her son get the plane landed safely while also dealing with these terrorists, and there's probably a half dozen of them. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's probably six to eight of them at least. It's like a, because it, they kind of, it seems like an inside operation, you know? They have like the flight attendant or whatever is one of them, and then some people in the passenger seat. So it seems like a very, it's like an, it's an organized group, whatever they're doing, you know? It was like planned way ahead of time, and they thought this shit out. Yeah, so she pretty much has to use her vampire abilities to save her son and the rest of the plane. So she's like the hero, which is kind of interesting, too, because she would typically be the villain in this story. But it, Well, it's interesting how they play it, because people are still afraid of her. Uh, you know, because, like, she's a fucking turns into a vampire in front of them, and they're freaked out. They're, like, running away from her and stuff, but she... So it's kind of a, she has to convince them that she's the hero almost at first, which is kind of a fun twist on it as well. Yeah. And uh, she looks, the transformation to her turning into a vampire looks amazing. Once again, just like Jacob's wife, I really love the vampire design in this. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, But yeah, so she's like, and of course she's going to have to turn other people to kill. Them. So to kill them or like to stop the terrorists, she has to turn other people. And it leads into a kind of a bloodbath of people turning into vampires. I thought I thought yeah. it was really well done, especially the last 40 minutes or so. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of twists and turns, even though you kind of know where it's going that that you don't see coming. I think that they do a good job of like keeping the tension up, you know? Yeah. And and the payoff, like you said, the the gore when there is like a kill and stuff is is great. Like there's some good effects. There's some. It's bloody as hell. Uh, it's I, pretty. I guess. Yeah, it's claustrophobic. It's pretty claustrophobic because uh, part of it takes place in the on like the storage area of the plane as well. Like, yeah, that's. I guess that was the terrorist's idea was like to get down there to jump out at a certain point. I don't know. The the terrorist plan was a little muddy to me. I don't know if it was to you. <laughs> it, well, I think it, it it seems like the only person who really knew what the fuck they were doing was the boss. Uh, because yeah. the guys are just taking orders and he kind of seems like he knows what's going on and they're just kind of doing what they're told. <laughs> yeah. And he's played by uh, Dominic Purcell, the, the boss is. And he's a, you may know him from other action movies. He's kind of an action action star. 
I knew him from uh, <laughs> from Uwe Boll's Assault Dude. on Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you got to throw in the Uwe Boll thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but he's also been in some other bigger stuff like uh, uh, Killer Elite and stuff with Jason Statham and uh, Blade Trinity was, and stuff. I was Blade Trinity, that's a... another vampire movie. Yeah, he was in uh, Blade for sure. Um, also, he was in uh, Mission Impossible too. Yeah, that was his yeah, and I, he's role. the only name I recognized before as the credits were the beginning credits were rolling. But I think everybody did a good job. All, all the performances are good. Yeah, I mean, obviously with child child actors, you sometimes get a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's to it's be expected. Kid. I don't think it was detracting yeah. though, but definitely. <laughs> I guess if I if my my one complaint is that it, it is like too long. They could have made this an it's hour and a half def- movie and it would have been fine. You definitely know? yes, and especially because you know it's a vampire movie. So that first forty minutes, because it, it's kind of cool how it they tried to portray it too. Because you know you don't know it's a vampire movie, and then like it, it kind of like layers in flashbacks on how she became a vampire, which is cool yeah. in theory. But we already know that she's a vampire, so like the payoff of these slow moving flashback scenes isn't there right. because we know. Yeah, I how think it's it go. felt to me like only about probably half of the flashback scenes felt like they they empowered what I saw. But the other half could have probably just been cut, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely in the first like two thirds, there's definitely some trimming that could have been done, I think, as well. To get it to yeah. you know. 90 minutes and yeah clean 90 minutes would have been perfect for this yeah or a little under you know yeah because like the gore effects and like the bloodbath and the just the the ending of this is pretty fucking insane because there's just yeah, so many is. like you know there's so many vampires because they just, and the, you know, the effects and stuff are all really good for like a, a a netflix movie you know it all looks legit yeah and it, i thought it was pretty well shot too even the, the action sequences yeah, definitely. especially the one at the end. The one at the end, I thought was really coolly shot with all of them there, and like the lighting was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, the whole like back half of this really is kick ass, and 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 I like the first half too. I'm not like super yeah. knocking it, but I just think it, it drags a little. It could have been condensed a good bit, but but it's a it's a really good watch, and the vampire design is great. It reminds me of like Thirty Days of Night, kind of how they have like the the whole mouthful of sharp teeth and i really like that it's creepy as fuck yeah i've seen a lot of people comparing this to uh um train to busan as well because it's obviously in a tight corridor space obviously vampires instead of zombies but um yeah and they factor that in pretty smartly too i won't won't ruin it how the the plane comes into play but they do like make use of the setting in it in the the tension and stuff because this could have easily just been a standard vampire movie that was contained in a plane, but they smartly used the plane, I think, uh, as yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yeah, good use of environments. For Overall, sure. This, yeah, this is pretty solid, uh, Netflix, and it's distributed by Netflix, so I believe it's going to be on there for quite a while, so curious. Yeah. I think it I think it was trending last weekend, so, like, oh, I think a lot of people have seen it. Yeah, this is one that I, I didn't... I, I honestly didn't think I'd like it as much as I did, but I actually had a good, t- really good time with it. I liked it a lot, and I I liked all three of these movies really. Even Werewolves Within, I know it was it was different than what I expected, but I I still came out the other side liking it. And I think if I give it a rewatch once I get the Blu-ray later or something, that going into it knowing what it's going to be and having seen it once, I'll probably be able to enjoy it more, especially for more more for what it is, you know. 
Yeah. But I had, I had fun with all three of these. I think it's a good... Uh, we're getting a lot of cool, like, creature movies. And I'm glad to see that, like, becoming a thing again. Like, creature and vampire movies. Like, because it's... That seems to be, like, getting in again, you know? And I'm here as fuck for that. Because, like, yeah. those are my... I love Kind of zombies have died down a little bit. And we've seen the emergence of these other ones. Yeah, Even definitely. though we still... We still definitely get zombie movies. Army yeah, I think zombie movies will be one of those things. We'll we'll always get a drip feed of them, you know, forever. And then sometimes they'll catch back on for a bit, you know. They're just such a staple. People love zombies. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think this is a good uh, a, a fanged creature triple feature, to, to reiterate my shitty joke again, you know. <laughs> yep. If you start growing teeth, uh, go see a doctor. A doctor? Wouldn't you want to go see a dentist? I, what's the what's the dentist going to do to stop you from transforming into a werewolf, you know? Wait, teeth? Are we going werewolf or are we going vampire? Or vamp- <laughs> either one. I, like, you're going to just end up eating the dentist either way. You're going to end up eating the dentist. <laughs> Which brings me to my closing point. Don't eat your dentist. Yeah. <laughs>